Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. Uh, welcome to episode three of the Dog Show Show. Now, in the previous episodes, if you haven't had a listen, we've talked a little bit about the world of dog shows and Kim's experience and, and, and how she got into the dog show world and why we need this podcast. In episode two, we had a look at how do we actually get into dog shows? What do you actually need to do? And in this episode, we're going to look at what are the judges actually looking for? And we've had a few discussions where you've talked about, you've, you've used this phrase, fit for purpose. What is what is fit for purpose? What is what are, what are judges looking for when they're looking at these dogs? Well, initially, every judge is trained over a two-year period over a group of dogs, so it might be terriers, toys, yeah. hounds, whatever. And basically what they're taught is, is that they've got to look for particular things that are in the standard, which is the blueprint for each breed. Now, when the standards are set down by the old-timers, because they're very old, most of them, um, it is got a reason for the dog to be looking the way it is. And the reason why we do that is because dogs do a job. They have a function. And if it's not fit for that function, well, then it can't do its job. And that's not a good thing for, for the breed. And it's also not in the blueprint. Mm-hmm. So what we've got to do is uh, have things such as with Stafford's, um, you know, it has to be anatomically sound to do his job that he was bred for, which means that if he doesn't have correct hind movement or correct uh, level top line uh, or a correct front, which is very important, uh, he wouldn't be able to do his job. So we have they've set that down with an absolute purpose. The the old gentlemen of the of the time weren't very well educated. They were miners and they were. Um, people who worked in foundries and that sort of thing. So they put the standard down in a way that they understood and it, and it has got some interpretation which people will find on the um, Dogs Australia breed standard list and there is a, an, a second attachment with the explanation and history of what it means mm-hmm. if they need to understand a bit more about the function of the, that breed. Mm-hmm. Now, all breeds have this um, there's, you know, there's there's dogs like um, can terriers, okay. who were bred for a can is a can of rocks, which that's what they call them in England, which is a pile of rocks yep. where there was vermin and and things are, are hiding in on the farms, and uh, when he was he was bred, he needed to be a particular size, and he also needed to be very flexible to get in and out the can of of rocks mm-hmm. uh, to catch the vermin. If they're not flexible and they're not the correct height, well, that's something that's not a positive and it's not fit for function either. Okay. Can't do its job. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically there's there's those sorts of... Um, all breeds have them. The, the hound group has some very primitive breeds, very ancient breeds mm-hmm. that go back very long time, 1600s. Wow. And basically what they have is... Um, Things that are, are very important to to their function, they have to run over rocky terrain, rocky terrain, and rock and also sand in the Sahara, mm. um, catching prey, and basically they have particular types of feet. They have all sorts of attributes that are conducive to um, 
doing their job. Yeah. And if they don't have it, well, that can go against them in the show ring. But always remember, I say this at the end of every time I say this thing about the standard and the function, mm-hmm. we're looking for the attributes in the dog ring. Mm. We're not looking for the faults. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, you can have some. There's been some absolutely magnificent animals with fault. There's no perfect dog. Yeah. That's what we all aspire to. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why we. That's the challenge of breeding dogs in the purebred dog world yeah. is is getting to the the closest dog to the standard. And then it comes down to opinion. But fit for function is very very important mm-hmm. because just for the life of the dog, mm-hmm. you know, often the things that are wrong and aren't good for their life either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I, in my head, it makes the Royal Easter Show really interesting because you were saying before that, like, the Staffordshire Bull Terrier is for bull baiting. I just reckon that it'd make for a really interesting afternoon, you know. Let's take it down to the show ring. They're showing the uh, the bulls down there. Let's see if this dog really does meet its purpose. <laughs> <laughs> at the bulls. <laughs> oh, look, that's the best dog. <laughs> best in show. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. These days they know what to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and is it as simple as that? Like, so in my head, and I'm tell me if I'm wrong, but so a bull terrier originally was bred to to hunt bulls. So fox terrier is foxes. Is that what Maltese terriers and what Maltesers like? <laughs> Chocolates, <laughs> you yes. mean? Yes. Our dog hasn't bought a single chocolate to us because <laughs> she eats them for herself. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> They're good on chocolate. <laughs> um, is, is, that, that's, is that kind of roughly the gauge? Is that what we kind of... Well, you would think that the name of the dog would denote its purpose, yeah, but yeah. not always. Okay. Um, the Bull Terrier wasn't bred to, to fight anything. No, it's just... It was the Dandy's dog. The Dandy's dog okay. is the, you know... Yep. The, the English better man, yeah, gentleman. Yep, yep. yep. Um, and he... Whilst they'll tell you that they were bred for fighting, there's no record of that. Right. So um, he was he was like along the way. So he's he's not. You would think it would denote that that was their purpose, but no. no. Um, the can terrier, yes, because of the can of rocks. Yeah. yeah. So it's the can that gets down the rock can terrier yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fox terrier was not um, bred for foxing. It was also bred for vermin. Okay. Um, so in the English countryside, most of these dogs would live on farms Mm -hmm. so they were working dogs as such so they would be required to do you know to get rid of the vermin and all that kind of stuff Mm. um in some of the um, breed standards and in most of them they will give you the breed history Mm. not in the standard but in that um amplification or whatever it's called on dogs on dogs australia Mm -hmm. it tells you exactly what they do do and what the purpose was and and actually when when you there are there's some interesting things not necessarily on on the internet off of it often like most things it's not always correct yeah. um, there are yeah. some really old books that are written by old timers when they wrote books that were there mm-hmm. I mean our books are three gentlemen that wrote three separate books that we we get people to refer to mm-hmm. which is um, Bilby op, uh, um, I know now you've put me on the spot <laughs> Bilby um, John Gordon um, and we have Hollander mm. and Dunn, mm. and they've written three separate books, and they were there and they were the gentlemen that were around when the standard was set down. So I always refer people back to those books because, and the and the breed standard on the Dogs New South Wales um, standard, 
list because... So you, so you can jump online and actually look at yep. what your breed was, your dog's breed was actually meant for. Dogs New South Wales have a breed yeah. standard page and it's got the breed standard. It's got the um, explanation of that standard. Mm. And um, that's for most breeds. Some breeds don't have the, ex- the um, explanation, mm. but most do. And it just tells you exactly... Because it's okay to have a standard, but what does it mean to the layman? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't know what that means. He doesn't know canine terminology. Mm-hmm. And as I say, the old timers that set down a lot of the English standards were people, um, you know, farmers in some cases, um, not highly educated. Mm-hmm. I won't say they were unintelligent. They were very intelligent people. Yeah. They could breed animals mm-hmm. and provided many things to their country, but um, they weren't necessarily um, educated enough to to write it down. Yeah. So that's why they need explanations on what's what. So before you were talking about the Rhodesian Ridgeback yeah. and, and a, the colour of its nails, nails yeah. what, what's the what's that? Like why, why does it have to have a certain colour? Um, it's to do – a lot of things are to do with type. Right. So um, as we were saying before, um, if you see a dog running across a paddock and you can identify it, say, oh, that's, a, that's mm. you know, a staffy, mm. um, and then you go, oh, no, might might be something else. It could be a bull terrier. It might be, might be an American staffy. It might be some kind of mm. bull-type mm. dog. Well, that means that the staffy doesn't have breed type. Okay. So if you're confused on what you're looking at, mm. it doesn't have breed type. It doesn't meet those. Mm. Criteria. Criteria that yeah. you had laid out. Not before. just the physical, the actual dimensions, the actual shape of it, the make and shape, its head shape, its yeah. ears, all sorts of things. Having said that, you know, it might be a Stafford with things that aren't quite right. Yeah. But if you have difficulty in knowing that it's the breed, yeah. it's not. It, it may not fit the standard. As a, train, for, for, as a trained for, person. Listen, like as, a, as a judging yeah. So person. like you and I are sitting there going, like Barb and I are sitting there going, looks like a dog to me and you're going well no it doesn't have this this and this and this and you're actually looking for certain things and it doesn't meet that standard is it like a percentage like does it have it has 95 percent that it meets it or is it got to be 100 no each breed has a hallmarks the basic key things that make them the breed okay so as long as it's got those key things the hallmarks, some of the yeah. other stuff is a little bit yeah you might get it you know yeah. even when you're judging them you might get them a bit too big or yeah. you know but the basic hallmarks are there for every breed that's yeah. in their standard. And if it's not the basic, you know, it's the make and shape. Even when you judge, when mm-hmm. they walk in, you look at the make and shape. That's mm-hmm. the first thing you look at mm-hmm. to make sure that it's meeting the basic standard. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's give you an example of a Scottish Terrier. Everybody knows them, mm-hmm. right? A little Scotty dog, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when so you look... Chompy, you kick out of it, that one. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you look at him... Okay, what things make him a Scotty? It's small. They're a small dog, aren't they? Yeah. Don't they have? Don't they have quite a little, they have quite a long neck, don't they? The Scotty. Mm. Oh. Okay, so their shape. Yeah. So their I can't draw it because we're talking, <laughs> but it's their head's supposed to look like a brick. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Right. Yeah. Mm. And their neck comes down, and they've got a level top line, and their shape is. Like that, right? Yes. Yeah. So if he's not shaped like that. So quite blocky kind that's of. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tail's supposed to be up. Yeah. And he's supposed to have a lot of, I can't, technical terms, but mm-hmm. bum behind the tail, they call it. Yeah. So plenty of hind end. Yeah. 
Big booty. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and basically at the end of the day, you've got to be looking at it and go, okay, he's also black or brindle. Uh, yeah, yeah. He That's can be wheaten, black, yeah. which is like a blonde colour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if he's got white hair, oh, could be a West Highland white. Right. Because they're very closely bred when they were put together in the old days. Yeah. Mm. Isn't the one in the ad a white one? Yes. He's white, isn't he? He's white. white. No, the um, the one I'm thinking of back in the old days was a dark dog. In my head it was a Oh, I thought of a white one. Well, the the West Highland white is white. It's Mm. donated what his colour is in his name. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's helped us. Um, We've told you this story. We were at the Easter show this year and sitting there and, and I hadn't met you yet, but Barb obviously was talking to you and it, you'd mentioned this to her. And we were having, having a couple behind us talking about, I wonder what they looked for. We were watching the Newfoundlands mm-hmm. and um, beautiful looking dogs. And they go, I wonder what they look for. They probably just look for the dog that they like the best. And I said, well, no, as a matter of fact. <laughs> like well, he knows everything. They're looking for a certain set of criteria, like is it... Does it meet the purpose that it's bred for? And they're like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. And I'm like, yeah. So I look like a dog expert. And now I probably could be a little bit more, speak a little bit more. No, well, you educated, that, you educated that person a little more than they yeah. knew, and that's a good thing. Because yeah. lots of people what, don't understand. Because that. I think that's what we just think. It's, it's about the prettiest dog, but it's not about the prettiest dog. I mean, ultimately, that could be a factor, but it is about, like, because conceivably a dog could walk in, you could just go, mm, structure's wrong. It's out immediately. Like it's not. Well, it's not going to get first place. Well, don't forget they look at all the. It's a comparison thing. So you've got to line up a dog's. Yeah, yeah. So you're judging the best dog on his virtues. Well, the whole thing, the whole kitten caboodle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Mm. So you know, it starts at nose. It's got to have a nose color. It's got to have a particular Mm. dimensions of the head. Mm. It's got to have particular ear set and shape. Mm. It's got to have particular neck. Mm. It's got to have a particular top line. And then, like, they talk about the um, depth of chest mm. and, you know, it's not to come past the elbow. Mm. It's supposed to be 50% dog here and 50% body. Mm. They've got particular tail sets and types. Mm. Um, they've got uh, mouths, how their mouths are set, whether they're scissor, scissor level, undershot. Mm. Um, then there's the colours mm. and the basic stuff that everybody knows unless the standard says different mm. is that most dogs are made the same mm. Mm. with the same lay of shoulder, same hind end, mm. okay? Um, and and most dogs have the same gait. Mm. They have to have reach and drive and that's the basic stuff. But then you get down to the tin tacks of the breed mm. hallmarks that make them that breed. Yeah. Mm. So... You know, that's what we like. I'm doing my hound group terrier, and I've got my terrier license, and that's exactly what you've got to look for. You, first of all, you look for the soundness, but you've got to look for the type as well. It's very important. There's always big debates on do you put type over soundness? Mm. Well, it's about the whole dog. Mm. You don't separate the type from the soundness. Mm. Mm. The soundness is part of the type. No, but it's got to kind of yeah. intermesh together. Yeah. But it is hard to judge. People think that, you know, is it, is it you know, the, the layman, is it the prettiest dog? Yeah. Well, to us it is because it's the bit one that fits the standard. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, that, and that is beautiful to us. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so yeah. 
in a way, it is the prettiest dog. Do you get really excited when you see like a like a real like a dog that ticks all the boxes? Do you get like a little oh, oh my god, like a tingle inside? Yeah, when they come in, and they come in, and you go, oh, it's a thrill. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like you think, oh wow, and they brought it under me. They're going to ask me to judge it. Yeah, Did yeah. I? yeah, yeah. Like it's almost like an honour. It is an honour. <laughs> yeah. And when you're at the end, and some great dogs have turned up. Yeah. I always say to them, they say thank you for the award today, and I thank, thank you for bringing him. Yeah, yeah. Because I really appreciate that you brought him today for me to judge. Do people get like are they shocked when they when you say that to them? Are they like what what? Um, some <laughs> do. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you don't go in. I wouldn't imagine you go in thinking that the judge is going to like appreciate that I've done that. I I would. If I win and you love my dog, I'd appreciate that. But I don't. I don't think I walk in thinking that you're going to love the dog, and tell me you love the dog. Yeah, I'm thinking. Oh no, it's a thrill for people to bring great dogs under you. Yeah, and dogs that are, uh, are clearly <laughs> well beautiful to us because they fit their standards. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're also very grateful that other people brought their dogs for our assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how judges are and should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people, people come in. I always thank all of them at the end. Thank you for coming today. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of judges do, um, Mm -hmm. do that because they do appreciate that people bring their good dogs Mm -hmm. under them. Mm. And I know as an exhibitor, um, when I've, I've taken my great dog under them and they've thanked me Mm -hmm. the same way. And it makes you feel, yeah, you know. And, you know, I, I've said to one judge when my, my dog won um, the joint terrier, did you like him? And he went, are you kidding me? Did I like him? <laughs> I, I loved you know, him. <laughs> and I recently judged the Border Terrier show and um, the best in show winning bitch was really beautiful. And um, they have a, a thing in their show where you give a ticket to everything that you think's got a good head. Yeah. Right, and at the end they bring those dogs back, and you've got to judge the best head out of the ones that along the way you acknowledged as having the correct head. Yeah. So they 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 brought them all back, and anyway they were mucking around. And I said, look, just put them under your arm because I'm only judging the head, so I can see the head. Yeah. So you know, judge the head, and I said to the lady, because you know they come back with other things, and I can't remember everything I gave the best head no, ticket to. No, so I came back, and I said. This is the best in show winning bitch, isn't it? She went, come on. Because I put her up because of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's a thrill and it's an honour. And, you know, the entries aren't like they used to be anywhere in the world for many reasons. Um, But people, well, I don't know about all judges, but I know me personally. I'm humbled and excited when something walks in. And when you see it outside the ring, you go, (laughs) <laughs> you can't wait The good dogs are here Just elbow, right? the, elbow the other judges ribs Have a look at number 12 <laughs> No, <laughs> no, they're not no, You're always It's a lone thing being a you judge Let yeah, me you tell you conspire with each other no. <laughs> But it's just like You just think Oh, you know I know But then I know That there's been other stories Where, you know Big winning dogs have come in And not not particularly me Actually, it was my sister And when she came, she rang me and she was coming home and I said, you didn't put that particular breed up in that group and, like, it's a best-in-show winning, like, multi. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a bad mouth. Oh, what? Yep. So, 
you know, it's like, I don't know what's been going on there. Maybe it's just gone or something. That's often the case. They yeah, go yeah. later. You saw it 12 months ago and it was okay, but now it's... It's gone this week. Yeah. So it was a shame, but, mm. you know, very big thing in terriers, they've got to have correct mouths because yeah. of their purpose. Mm. Yeah. If they're, if they're bred to do things and they don't have the correct mouth, how can they pick the vermin up or mm. they can't do their function? Mm. So, yeah. So even if they're not a farm dog at this current time or even if they're not going and getting vermin, yeah. they're still being judged against that because that's the standard of their original, like their ancestors from hundreds of years before. That's when the standard was set, looking at how that, that they were bred to get the vermin and bred to, you know. If so we let those things go, at. they won't be that breed anymore. Right. That's mm. how it's perceived. Like if we let things go like, um, as has happened in Stafford's, their heads, many of them, their heads are too short. Mm-hmm. Right? They've bred them in their heads, their muzzles are too short. Yeah. So they're heading towards a bracky breed, which is pug and French bulldog. bulldog oh, right, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. So they can't breed properly. Mm. Yeah. And they don't look right either, mm. right? They yeah. don't look like a Stafford. That's not what a Stafford's head is. It's a longer sort of Well, snout. it's one-third muzzle to two-thirds skull to the occiput, which is the thing at the back between the ears, the yep. little bone. Yep, yep. Mm. And it's supposed to be flat on top, and when you look sideways, it's supposed to be parallel, yeah. right? So the, n- the nose in the top of the head. Like yeah. The or, the top. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be like that. Yep. Okay, so things are supposed to be parallel. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is there's no muzzle. Right. Mm. So the muzzle's shortened up, or the it's not a third, as you said. It's short. You know, it, the dimensions are wrong. Basically, the proportions are wrong. Well, it says in the standard short, but how short? Short. It doesn't mean bracky. It's a dolicephalic yeah. breed, so it's supposed to be able fit for function. If he's in the pit and he's fighting, he won't be able to win with a muzzle like that. He can't breathe. Yeah. Can't breathe anyway. Mm. So if you put him in a fight. He would not be able to do his job. I'd also imagine you said mm. bad mouth. I'd also imagine that would make the mouth shorter as well. So they're not able to grab. Grab, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Function. All these things follow. Yeah. It's like some of them are leaning far too much towards the terrier in the cross. Yeah. Right. And of course, they can't do their job either. Mm. They've got bladed bone. No strength, it's not round, they've got no strength. Yeah. Mm. So if they're in a fight or in a, you know, ball baiting, they just snap them. Yeah. They've got mm. no strength. Yeah. So when the guys put the standard down, this is what they were putting it down for. If we do this, we need to have strength, we need to have whatever mm. Mm. to do our job. So if those things are lacking, not only can they not do their job, they don't look like the breed. Mm. Mm. So, and the problem is standards are open to interpretation. Mm. So you can come out of a book with three people reading it with a different conclusion. Mm. So it's mm. about interpretation and that's why the breed needs to have the old mentors. We ourselves as breeders over many years made many trips to the UK mm. and we would go round to, and I remember as a, a young woman, 22 years old, going to England and going to every dog kennel that would let, every Stafford kennel that would let me look, mm. myself and my sister, and on the alternative go, my mum would go mm. and we would study. We, but the key to what we did was we listened. Mm. We didn't try to tell them everything. Mm. We listened, took all the pearls of wisdom from the chaff <laughs> and made our own decisions about things. And when things happened, we'd go, oh, someone so said that would happen. 
right? Mm. So he took all the information and took it on. Mm. And I think these days this is an issue for people in general, but as far as dog world goes, they everything's so instant now with everything mm. that they just want this now and then they move on. Instant they haven't got the passion. They haven't got the commitment. Mm. It's the same with lots of things, not just dogs. Where people that are long-time breeders and are so passionate about their breed yeah. um, don't want them to be wrong. Mm-hmm. They're not mm. saying they're supposed to be like that because theirs are. They're saying that because it's right. Mm. And they've committed long hours, love, huge amount of dollars yes, mm-hmm. um, to trying to improve not just their lines but the mm. breed mm-hmm. uh, to keep it true to what it always was supposed to look what like. Standards yeah. were. And so if the standard says that, why are we changing it? We know you've interpreted it that way. Mm. But often people um, don't put the hard yards in mm. and are happy with what they've got and then say that's correct. Yeah. Mm. Is, is it also a little bit of that touching on, sort of touching on what you were saying before, oh, well, they don't really have to hunt bulls anymore, so it doesn't really matter if they're snouts like this. or you know, We're not putting them into pits to fight anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Like this dog lives inside and I see the thing on um, Instagram every so often where it's like, you know, this dog was bred to hunt bulls and then they've got it dressed up and, you know, with a little outfit on or whatever. And and it's like, yeah, now it's completely pampered. Is it also people kind of with that attitude of like, it doesn't really have to do that anymore. So it doesn't really matter if it doesn't have everything exact. Well, what I say when people want a Stafford, they usually want them for the temperament. Yeah. And that's a key thing. And as I've said before, I, my, my understanding of them is they're just very, very placid animals. Yeah, yeah. it's less set upon. Yeah. That's what they says they're supposed to be. Yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah, they're not, okay, they're not like, the, they don't do those jobs anymore. Mm. But if we don't breed them correctly to the standard, they won't look like a Stafford. Mm. So you may as well just go buy anything, which has happened. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But if you're, if you're passionate and, you know, uh, care about keeping... Well, I suppose we're purists, aren't we? Mm. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it strikes me that it's... You're um, really trying to uphold the last vestiges of some of those ancient customs and rights. Like, we, you know, this is a breed that's been around for hundreds of years. We need to keep it as it has been and continue to have it there in the in the future. Because... Out of respect for the, for the history of it all. And yeah. The... But yeah. but also just like the yeah we've got to like like we're all gonna depending on people listening to this we're all gonna watch the the funeral the royal funeral this week and some of these traditions are traditions that have dated back hundreds of years and people are like well we have to do what does parliament have to shut down for ten days because that's how it's been done for a thousand years and we're going to continue to do that because we have to uphold certain things certain traditions it sort of feels like that's what it is with the dogs. Well, I think I think I suppose because I've been involved for so long, I'm mm. on the inner side of it, mm. and that's why it's interesting to have your perception because mm. you're looking from outside, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm always interested in knowing that yeah. what people see it as. But I think my personal view on it is is that if we just we you know it's a breed of dog that's been around a long time, mm. it's been bred with a purpose, and as I say in the standard, it says mm. that it must be good with people and in particular children, which mm. it definitely is. Mm. Um, and any good Stafford person, if it's not, well, that's it. 
uh, and I know they're all like it, um, that basically the thing is is that the breed was bred with a standard to look, and the standard makes them look like what they are. Mm. Mm. You know, it's like, um, as we were saying before, if you get a blueprint for something mm. and you change the blueprint, well, it's not that thing anymore, is it? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to draw an analogy well, to. Well, the example we used before, you know, if you walk into a Macca's in Liverpool and you see a Big Mac and, and you go, oh, that's a Big Mac, but you walk into a Macca's in Richmond and it's a quarter pounder, you go, no, that's not a Big Mac, that's a quarter pounder. No, that's what we, we call quarter pounders Big Macs here. No, it's not the same thing. It's, <laughs> it, it's essentially the well, same there's thing. A, there's a bun, there's meat, there's cheese, there's sauce, mm. but it's not the same thing. It's not put together right. It's not, yeah, it's mm. put that's, together differently. That's yeah. right, and that's why and the, the standards are, are exactly that. Mm. It's how you're putting it together mm. and making it look a bit yeah, particular actually, way. When you think about it, all dogs are basically the same thing. It's just that they are put together and the, the, the dimensions are a bit different, aren't they? You know, they're, they're all got, most of them, tails and legs and jaw bite teeth that'll bite you but teeth that'll bite you no they don't all have teeth that'll bite you well (laughs) you know what i mean but yeah that if they're put they have to be put together the right way otherwise they're not what you say they are well like i said in an earlier episode was that you know the reason why we got into them was because my mum wanted a really good dog for the kids and that's why most people buy them for the temperament you know you, you we don't really get those people who buy them for the other side of their temperament anymore. No. Do you know mm. what I mean? No. That we buy, we have them because they're great friends. I call them tea and sympathy. And we we're only talking about mm. this the other day. A friend of mine sitting sit on the back steps. And it's the same as I said with my first bitch that I had that wasn't much chop. Mm. When I get unhappy, I'd go down and with her on the back step and. And she'd have look some, after you, basically. Well, we had a, have a chat and I'd go down with a bag of Morella jubes and come back happy. <laughs> she'd have one and I'd have one. <laughs> and when she'd get stuck in her teeth, I'd have to get a mouth for her. <laughs> so, but, you know, at the end of the day, we um, the, the, they're comforters. Mm-hmm. And Staffords are really good at that. What's the difference between an American and an English Staffordshire? Because I hear about the two breeds and I've never really understood what the difference is. What's the difference? Well, first of all, they're two separate breeds. Okay. Well, I thought you were going to say, first of all, one of them's American. <laughs> well, they're not. It came from English, they, they actually. They bark in a different accent. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They're um, a lovely breed. They are a lovely breed. So an American Staffordshire is an entirely different breed. It's just called... Well, what happened, um, as happens, it evolved. Mm. Uh, basically, Staffords went to um, the US... Mm. And um, as everything went through quarantine on the, what's that island on the middle of... Uh, oh, um, Ellis Island. Oh, Ellis Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The records are there. You can find the records in there if people... I've been and found the records. Wow. Um, and basically the records are in there and what happened was the Stafford came in, but as is um, the case in lots of breeds, mm-hmm. when they go to other countries, they change them. Mm-hmm. Um, they changed him, mm. made him... Like when the Stafford went there, he was the old standard. So they left him at the old standard, mm. 18 inches. Um, they can be taller than that. But that was the, what they left him at at the mm. time. Um, and they created their own standard for their own breed. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted a bigger dog. The, the Amstaff is more elongated. Mm-hmm. He's a totally different dog. Mm. His temperament's different as well. Mm. Um, he's... Um, and they, they used them for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
is so it evolved as a whole different breed. I think the closest thing is the fact that um, they've got Staffordshire in their name, <laughs> given that they came from the Staffordshire Bull Terrier. <laughs> they've got no bull in their name, <laughs> so they shouldn't have any bull traits. Okay. So they're actually American Staffordshire Terriers. As opposed to an English Staffordshire Bull Terrier. No bull in their name. Right. So that's the difference and it denotes what they should look like. Yeah. Though their standard does state they have to have round quality bone. So okay. they do have to have the round bone. Um, they're a lovely breed. Mm. Um, they do get a few wayward ones, but they're very big on temperament testing. Mm. Mm. So they don't have problems. Because yeah. no breed needs any problems. We don't want any problems with any breed. Mm. So, um, but yeah, they're very. They're also a very lovely dog, um, and um, they're just a totally different breed. Uh, a lot of people do comparisons of breeds and standards. Mm. Um, and there was a lecture from the Europe the other night on greyhounds from a highly respected gentleman over there in mm. the FCI, who said, "Why do we compare the standards? They're two different. We're different breeds. Why are we comparing them?" Mm. So we try not to compare the breed standards, or I don't. Hmm. And, I mean, it's like saying, well, it says bull terrier. Why aren't we comparing them to a bull terrier? It's just I think it's to do with the fact that they're Staffordshire in their name. Hmm. Hmm. But they're a totally different breed. As I say, I keep saying, a lovely breed. I love them. So the Staffordshire is just like my last name's Holstein, but I'm not German. It's just a nod to its heritage, but it actually isn't. Well, it, came, it originated from Staffordshire yeah. because they brought the Stafford yeah. into America, but yeah. then they changed it to another breed. Yeah. Mm. So it's the American Staffordshire Terrier. Yeah. So they've made their own breed. It's our version of it. Mm. Yeah, and so yeah. it's evolved into something totally different. It's like they often compare the Whippet and the Greyhound standard. Why? I've always thought Whippets just look like mini Greyhounds. Well, no. But they're different. Obviously well, they're not different, but they're not, they're not a mini Greyhound. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, well, they're both those breeds are lovely as well. They've got yeah. gorgeous temperaments. I love whippets. Yeah, me yeah, too. I think they're cool. I've had whippets in the past. They're really lovely. anxious dogs, though, aren't they? Really, oh, what's going on? Everything mm. right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't have that experience. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I had had whippets for a little while, and they are another lovely breed. They're just yeah. hard to catch. Um, <laughs> yeah. so they decide they're going to go after the rabbit in the paddock. You, you're done. You're gone. Yeah. yeah. But we have, um, back to Dogs New South Wales, we have lure coursing as well yeah. for, the, for the hounds, which is not an animal. It's a bag, plastic bag they chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, there's all these fun things you can do with it. Staffords do it as well. There's yeah. a, a very good lure. Stafford. Mm. So, you know, it's about adopt, adapting dogs to what they can do, find like kids, what they can do best. Exactly right. So how do we know if our dogs are purebred? How do we know so if you're showing these dogs and, and you want to know if your dog is able to be entered into a show and it has the attributes that it needs to have in terms of purebred, Dogs New South Wales, that's the best way to find out or come to someone like you and and get you to kind of Well, it comes assess. back to the breeder that you bought them from. Okay. So what you've got to ask them is, are they... Because um, you keep referring to show us the pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So when somebody that is in has an ANKC or a Dogs Australia registered dog, yep. 
They have particular papers mm-hmm. that the breeder gives you or sells you as part of your purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, the blue papers are showable. The orange papers aren't. Mm-hmm. They're on the limited register. Yep. But you can move them up as with both your agreement. Okay. So um, what happens is, is that um, you just, first of all, you go back to your breeder. Um, if they can't help you, we're happy to help. If we can, we want people to show their dogs. Yeah. yeah. So we want to help them. Yeah. Um, sometimes breeders breed a litter and they decide that so many of them are showable and these ones aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. And so they put them on the limited register. Mm-hmm. That allows them to do everything else but go to a show. Okay. All other, all other disciplines. Yeah. They can do obedience, agility, all these other games. So we do, yeah, we it. have dancing with dogs. We've got all sorts of things we can do. <laughs> have you not seen dancing with dogs? No. no. I think we might sign up. <laughs> I can imagine him. I've, da- I've danced with a few dogs in my time, oh, but it's a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking that. about your ex-girlfriend's life. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they dance anymore. <laughs> And it, 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 that's it, it is interesting. I mean, yeah, I guess that probably makes a bit of sense, though, isn't it? Because really, then, is it is it on some levels a bit of an economic decision? Like the show dog will attract a little bit more money, or is it purely just we think these are the best and we want the best out there? There's different reasons. People have their own agendas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, from for ourselves, my family has always been a dedication to the breed, and I can assure you, we've never made any money. Um, <laughs> it's cost us, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, after Lois Davidson, as I mentioned in the other episode, the next biggest, well, the biggest people to bring the stock into the country is us. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So we've wow. brought the most dogs into the country and wow. the most frozen semen into the country. <laughs> so. We're sorry about that. No. <laughs> Cut that out if you like. No, no, no. Um, I, 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 my friend I've referred to in previous episodes does equestrian. She's walked through the office one day and we worked together. And she had a package. I said, oh, and, you know, she was in her 20s and she used to get packages all the time delivered to work. I go, oh, what do you got today? And she's like, you don't want to know. I'm like, no, try me. Because I'm, and then I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's like, you know, something that I shouldn't know about. Personal. And um, she goes, <laughs> it's horse semen. And I was like, it's what? She goes, I'm going home this afternoon to get one of my horses impregnated. That's right. <laughs> and I went, oh, all right then. <laughs> well, I've, got a, I've got a funny story. Many years ago, we brought some frozen semen from South Africa yeah. and it got lost. And, of course, if <gasps> oh, it gets no. lost, the liquid nitrogen may not yeah. work anymore and yeah. it'll melt. <gasps> and my sister was chasing it down. She was all over it. Yeah. Right? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And she was at work while she was doing it. And everybody she's talking to, you know, the semen, the semen. And then she turned around and says, oh, sorry, my uncle's a semen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone missing. He's gone missing. That's right. And she went, walked away like, I mean, there was no mobile. So she had to try and hide in the corner and keep tracking this yeah. down. We found it. It was good. We've still got it, actually. Oh, wow. So... Um, Still frozen, that's what it's for. In the freezer. <laughs> Real careful about what you get out of Kim Reader's freezer. <laughs> no, I... Which one is it, the left or the right side? <laughs> Where are those sausages we were going to have? <laughs> I'm not eating the frozen custard, I don't care. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there are fu- very many funny dog stories. Mm. And of course, not everybody would laugh. So, um, <laughs> yes. oh, I'm all about semen jacks. Trust me, I'm all good. I'm okay. It's quite funny. I uh, think, um, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, 
a biological thing for us. It's about producing a great dog, and yeah. I could, we don't even think twice. Yeah, no. you mean? don't think about it as a as a yeah. And yeah, it's so right. easy to do to freeze it. It's crazy. Mm. They do it all t- a bit different now. We were the first ones to fly frozen semen in from the UK. Oh wow! Jeez. So and it was very different then. And and you know, I mean, I, I went to my vet years ago. Would have been oh gee, now twenty. Yeah. Said, oh, see these two dogs. I want to freeze them. Yeah, okay. Go down to the service station and get some eggs because we had no shops. Mm. Right. Okay. Go and get the eggs. Bring them back. She froze the dogs, and that stuff is still alive. Wow. Wow. What were the eggs going to do? It's a protein. It keeps it alive. And they put it in that, and then they that's put in those. Put it inside stuff. the egg. The egg, yeah, the egg yolk. Oh. And so then they freeze it in liquid nitrogen. That's what they did now. They have all sorts of methods now. They're all flash. They have Camelot methods. And I've never seen Miguel do that on the living room. Miguel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but now they put it, they freeze it in pellets and it's called the Camelot method and it's wow. all very also, sophisticated now. But having said that, that semen is alive. I don't think I've ever thought about artificially inseminating a dog. I think it ever occurred to me. Well, that's an, and, that's and I'll a, never look at an egg the same way again. Um, we were talking before about pure breeds, and earlier we were talking about crossbreeds. Mm-hmm. If you and you know, if you've got a crossbreed dog, one of the so-called designer dogs, where do they stand in the show world? Can we show those? Would is that? Are we going to get laughed out of the show world if we turn up with a Mousy, which I'm just saying Mousy because it's our dog. <laughs> um, what does that What does that look like in terms of crossbreeds? Well, the thing is, is that there's a registration process for purebreds. Okay. And if you're not um, registered in that way, well, yeah. then you can't show against other registered dogs. Okay. Purebreds. Okay. Um, there is a has been a body set up forever the ANKC that registered these dogs and they registered them from other countries too. Yep. There's new dogs into new breeds into the country mm-hmm. that have been developed in other countries that come in as registered breeds here because they've been so many generations yeah, of... you, were, you were saying three generations. Is that a sort of a standard thing or is that just a Well, the FCI, which is Europe, they do it very differently. Um, and they will register dogs that are particular amount of generations. Okay. They, but there's other factors often. I mean, a breed came in some years ago that didn't have quite the right information, but they did register it. Mm-hmm. And we had some, were a bit dubious about it, but in the end it was registered. Mm. Um, it's very much the case of um, if it's registered in another country under those same registration rules, mm. well, then it comes here as a registered dog as well mm. we just have to accept it into the mm. country mm. so there's there's those new breeds that are coming in it's not like there's not new breeds um but the breeds are set up in a registration process and unless your dog qualifies for that registration process it can't be registered as a purebred and that's yeah. what they call them purebreds yeah. so if you haven't got you know like staffords are registered here because they're registered in england mm-hmm. and they're a, a recognized breed under those yeah. Rules. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what happened was um, a few few years ago, they um, a particular person decided that they should be designer breeds and that we were 
probably not including enough people. Yeah. And um, started this designer thing happening. Um, there are breeds that have come along, in my opinion, that could be registered because they're more enough generations to be so. Yeah. Um, there are breeds that have been around a very long time that have just been registered here, the okay. Boz Dog and um, the Murray River Retriever that are okay. Australian-developed. Yep. Um, Australia developed the Jack Russell Terrier. Okay. Um, but then uh, was registered here first. Yep. But then England claimed it. Okay. Bloody so, England. anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. No, well, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but the Jack was developed here and, and was registered here. Um, there was There's the Tenterfield Terrier that... Um, has been around a very long time, it's registered in America as a toy terrier, but in Australia is a terrier, yep. in the terrier group. And um, actually myself and my mum were involved in that registration. Okay. Um, my mum was actually on the standards committee for the uh, Dogs New South Wales and we flew to Adelaide and spoke with the experts there and developed a... Um, the, standard the standards for, for its purpose, this, yeah. And it, and I watch with great pride as they go around the ring, and I judge them. <laughs> so mm, wow, yeah, yeah, that that that'd be lovely, actually, wouldn't it? Knowing that there's mm. a little bit of your mum wandering yeah. around the ring. Yeah, it's you know? fine. And myself, I yeah, was yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, actually, the lady who was involved in that showed under me in Adelaide, and she came up to me and she said, "Do you remember me?" No, of course I do. She said, "You know, you and your mum came over, and and I'm yeah, I remember it well." Mm. I nearly took one home with me, actually. <laughs> um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the thing is, is that you 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 realise that these, again, it was a purpose, this yeah. dog, and you're involved in the development of these breeds. So we like to develop our own dogs in our own country, yeah. um, but we also accept the, the dogs from other countries. Um, and as with this, uh, you know, local development of dogs, yeah. Um, if those people had probably approached ANKC or Dogs Australia, they yeah. probably would have looked at the development of them. Yeah, yeah. But they, I don't know whether they didn't. I don't know the history of that. Yeah. yeah. So, but having said that, I really think that, um, you know, if they made application with the right requirements, you have to have documentation and proof, yeah, yeah. like anything. Um, well, then, you know, it probably would be something that may be on the agenda. Though the fact they didn't do that, I think, probably didn't keep them in good stead. Yeah. Do you know how yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, They've gone off on other tangents. Yeah. And maybe they want it that way. Who knows? I just mm. imagine being the person at that dog show that's got the Tenerfield Terrier, tries to argue breed standards with Jim. Excuse me. <laughs> I wrote the standards. Well, no, no. <laughs> I didn't write all the standards. I was involved. And in actual fact, I would rather... The lady who's actually involved in the development of them over there is really the knowledgeable one. Yeah. I just got a but you just like cracky knuckles go, right, I'm ready for the fight. Let's go. <laughs> well, actually, sometimes it's the other way. You hope you're getting it right for them. Yeah. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you want to be somebody that's known as knowing their breed. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's probably more the way it is. Yeah, you know? not necessarily looking for... So, so yeah. really if somebody is either... <clears throat> thinking of creating a breed or has a breed and they're like, what does my dog stand? Can I do it? Again, the best port of call is to start with Dogs Australia and sort of go, 
okay, what's the standard and what do I need to do or, or does my dog meet the standard and, and go from there. You mean if they want to develop one? They want to develop or they want to show them, yeah. I think not Dogs Australia doesn't handling the showing. That's the no. body over the top, okay. but they yep. are the registration people. Okay. Um, normally you have to go through your um, governing body in your state. Yep. But if people want to show the dogs, they should come to their breed clubs. Mm-hmm. That's what the Stafford Club is, their breed club. Yep. And ask for guidance. Hmm. Um, you know, lots of people, though, say, you know, I want to have, you know, I want to go something's close to me. That's how the world is now. Hmm. Um, but having said that, um, the Stafford Club is the foundation club of Australia since 1965. Hmm. It does have the experts, hmm. not people who have um, sort of been in many breeds and Staffords hmm. is another one. Hmm. Hmm. Um, really people with the passion and the, the knowledge. And, you know, I'm not talking about myself necessarily. No, no. There's, we've got a few people. Yeah, mm. but people with multiple years' worth of experience who know. Well, we added it is. up one day. It's pretty heavy going, the amount. <laughs> oh, we didn't want to publish it then. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, so basically we have those people involved. And, you know, um, you know, sometimes people just want to come and show you their dog and say, do you think... I should show him. Mm. And uh, in England, they have a good structure. One, I think, I was thinking the other day we should put here, and I don't think England has a lot of good structures, Mm. but um, they have two levels. So they have uh, a show that you go to, which is, is my dog good enough, basically? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. And if they win enough shows or somebody identifies them, at that dog over there mm. you know because people don't know what they've got often yeah. remember the population's bigger over there yep. the population of dog is bigger population mm. of people mm. so there's more people to attract mm. in australia particularly in new south wales and all the other states the breed numbers in every breed is dropping due to legislations mm. because we can't you know we can't um, the days are gone of many things where people would have a kennel full of dogs with a breeding plan they're technically saying that's not allowed. Mm. Is that a just a an animal cruelty thing, or is well, that's a... what they're reporting it to be. Yeah. Like, though, I cannot tell you there are not there are with the amount of people that have had dogs and breed dogs and you know the amount of animal cruelty. That they, that's the that's the angle. There's I can tell you I don't know anybody who's been cruel to their dog. So it's a literally a case of a few bad apples spoiling the. The barrel kind of thing. It's there are people that do bad things, but it's not. It's the overwhelming minority. That's right. Like yeah. oh, really often, that's what is used to push a barrow that somebody wants. Hmm. They find the worst things they possibly can find and make it look like everybody's doing it. Yeah, hmm. and that's not the case. People, you know, so many people in in dogs. They they adore their dogs. Hmm. Their dogs like they don't go on holidays. They don't. They don't do anything because mm. of their dog. Mm. I've got to go home. I can't stay here. I, at the party, I've got to go home. Mm. The dogs need me. Uh, we may or may not have done things like that ourselves. <laughs> and there may That's or right. may not be times where I sit there and I'm like, I just really want to go home and see my dog. That's right. <laughs> and you know, show people are no different. Yeah. They're their friends first. Yeah. yeah. First yeah. and foremost, they're their friends. Yeah. Um, you know, like even last night when I had to go to a day trip to the hospital, mm. first thing my brother said, do you want to go feed the dogs? Mm. Do you want me to fix them up? What do you want me to do with the dogs? Even when I got home, 
He rang me and he said, are you right with the dogs? Do they need anything? Mm. No, no, we're good, we're good, thanks for asking. Mm. So people know my priority. Mm. So everybody in the dog world's priority is the same. Mm. I don't know anybody who doesn't look after their dogs. Mm. So mm. I think it's been unfair and it's, it's the animal activists that have caused the problem. Mm. Um, and they portray us as being the bad guys. Mm. And, you know, you might occasionally get, you know, somebody, but they're, they're, they're often not show people. No. They're, they're people who just breeding a thousand dogs. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, dog breeders don't breed a thousand dogs. No. Mm. And you know why? Because yeah. we all keep a check on each other. Yeah, yeah. It's all very much inward that we go, somebody might be breeding a few extra puppies this, week, this year. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Mm. And they, 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 people take them up on it. Yeah. And so does the governing bodies. So it's, it's, it's a falsehood, really, mm. in that people are... Show dog people love their dogs, just like everybody else. It's their mate first, mm. Mm. particularly in Australia, because as we said, with, in America, it's um, a different... Commer- I'm not saying mm. they don't look after their dogs there. They do. Yeah. Um, but at the end, they have professional handlers. That's their job. I was going to say, the market's like 10 times the size over here as well. There's 10 times the population. That's right. Yeah. So here it's very much a matter of um, it's, a, it's an owner-breeder-exhibitor situation. Mm. Um, I mean, that's what I, we've always advertised for years, owners, breeders and exhibitors mm. of um, top award-winning Staffords. Mm. Do we have to write on there? And we love them, you know? <laughs> I mean, we, uh, I got a uh, call from a guy once, I remember years ago, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to show a dog, I, I just want to love him. Oh, you think I don't love my dog was my instant thing, right? Mm. Yeah. You know, of course we love them. Yeah. Mm. So, and the showing comes afterwards and many of us keep our old dogs yeah. till mm. they die. Mm. I've got an old dog at the, at the moment and I thought the other day, I don't think you're going to wake up in the morning, mate. Yeah. He was fine in the morning. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but it was just like he's old and, you know. But I'd, I'd imagine as well, like if... I, I, my friend Georgia with the equestrian, I said, how can you tell if a horse is going to jump? She said, well, you ride up to a fence and if it jumps over it, it jumps. Like, that's as good as it can get. So I'd imagine the same with the show dogs. Like, you buy a dog and if it wants to, it'll do it. And if it doesn't, it'll go, mm, no, I don't. <laughs> well, you can tell from puppies whether they're going yeah. to be show dogs. Yeah, yeah. Because it's their temperament. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, some of the greatest winning dogs have won because they're a show dog. Yeah. And the, sometimes the dog next to him is a nice dog, but it's just hasn't got it. Yeah. Mm. Just doesn't want to do it. No, and if you're a good handler, you get the show dog to come out. Yeah, that's mm. another thing. Yeah, you know, you've got to get the show dog to come out, mm. and um, basically, yeah, it's very um, interesting in that um, you can pick them from pups, mm. the show dogs, mm. um, faults and all, and they'll often beat a better dog because of their their show. They're a show dog. They yeah. show them. I mean, I, I had a, a great winning dog, the chain maker, and he used to look at the judge as he walked up and down, just following. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. lots of people that have got great winning dogs will tell you that. Well, he yeah. just he just dared the judge to give it to him. Right? <laughs> he just he just looked at him up and down, up and couldn't. And you know, judges will say to you when you're exhibiting, he wouldn't take his eyes off me. Okay, no. <laughs> I That's know. what he does, though. I, I know that you're looking at these other dogs, but you and I both know I'm the best. That's right. They're show dogs. And, you know, it sounds, to the layman, it sounds cracked. Yeah, yeah. But basically, at the end of the day, there, there are, you, you can tell as puppies if you've got yourself a show dog. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You just know. get that extra little 
X-Factor. Yes, I look at me. I, I know I'm great. <laughs> you know, that's what they do. And the other breeds will tell you the same and other handlers yeah. will, you know, remember that dog who used to eye the judge? I think the same, yeah. same for humans as well. <laughs> yeah. The great ones have just got that little extra bit of arrogance to them or whatever it is, this the little extra bit of charisma. Pizzazz, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I used to have one that used to walk up and stop at the front of the judge and talk to the judge. Mm. Ooh, she used to go. They'd laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, you just Ooh. that's the thing. When you're showing them, you let them be themselves and mm. then they become the show dog. Mm. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's very, very interesting. But as far as the other breeds go, I think that, you know, if they wanted to... Um, you know, apply for um, mm. registration. They go on the development list first. Yep. Um, and there are ways of doing that. Mm. And that would be through um, Dogs Australia. Mm. But, you know, if they hit barriers, you know, there are people that are happy to help them. Get in contact with your local club. Yeah. And, and, and that sort of thing. Um mm. But for the other ones, yeah, there is a, a registration process that makes them eligible. But often, um, I think it's like everything we do, it depends who you hit mm-hmm. when you go for information. Yep. Depends who you go to to the bank, mm-hmm. to the post office, yeah. who's prepared to give, go that extra what? mile for you. Mm. Yeah. Go, look, I know how you can do that. I'll show you. Yeah. Or, I oh, know you can't do that. See ya. Mm. And I think that's the same across everything in life. Mm. So if you, you know... People like our club, I know, we're extra happy to go the extra mile with different breeds. Mm. So, you know, if they put stuff up there that they want help with, like on the email or whatever, we can help them. I mean, we'll be pretty mm. precise and say, well, look, you know, I mean, we're a bit of an information service too. If something goes really wrong, people will ring or contact, you know, what will I do? I've had a really bad issue with this dog mm. and where do I go to get help? Mm. what government agency or whatever mm. over the years, you know, um, what they need to do. Um, so we, t- we try to set ourselves up as a bit of an information service. It's mm. totally a voluntary thing, so mm. sometimes it takes a minute because everybody works. Mm. Mm. But um, it's totally voluntary and just a, um, an organisation that's there for our breed mm. and, you know, if we can help others, we do. Mm. Cause we're well, it's like big you say, in- what is it? That you include, you include and educate, that's what you... Yeah, that's our motto, inclusive and education. Because the thing is, is, it's like the blue thing. It's like all sorts of things about dogs and particularly Staffords that people don't know. If we can help them, they will. We will. We, and we all will help. You know, our, mm. our president's the same. Um, I'm the secretary mm. and we just go through and if we can help people, uh, we will. You do get a, a, some people that are a bit um, out there that, you, you know, you know they'll, they'll write and ask you to do something ridiculous mm. and you sort of think, oh, really? Mm. Um, so we're always very polite and, you know, we're not a rescue. I tell people we're not a rescue. There are rescue mm. organisations mm. and we will send people to rescue organisations. Mm. Um, for that sort of thing but our first port of call is and we've always said it forever if you buy something from somebody um, no matter what it is the first thing you do when something goes wrong is go back to the person who sold it to you is that not correct Mm. Mm. so if you buy a dog and there's something wrong you need to go back to the the breeder Mm. and you will find if they're reputable that they will do something about it if they're reputable they will um Offer to take the dog back and give you your money back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they will do the right thing by you uh, within reason. I mean, some people ask silly things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my thing is is that if you don't want this dog anymore, not you can bring it back, you must. Mm. I want yeah. it back yeah. because I want to know it's. I'm a responsible breeder. I want it rehomed and I want it in a right yeah. home. Mm-hmm. I don't want it at the RSPCA. Mm-hmm. I don't want it in any animal shelter. When I bred mm. it, I bred it with the love yeah. that I'd like you to bring it back with. And I've had dogs back at 11 years of age. Oh, wow. Where they've come back because they can't, something terrible's happened. They can't look after, after anymore. it anymore. Mm. And, oh, you said you'd take him back. Yes, bring him back. Mm. Yeah. You know, I had a lady come back with a dog here. She was pregnant. Her um, husband had just died. She had five mm. other children. And um, the reason she brought it back was because she just didn't know what to do. She was overwhelmed. Mm. Yeah. Guess bring it back now. Do you want us to come and get him? Yeah. We will do anything to help you. So, um, you know, the, the other thing is that, that that's what a reputable breeder does. Mm. And that's what I say to people where they, wherever they buy their dog, you need to talk about that. If yeah. something happens, what do I do? Yeah. Mm. Do I come back to you? What's your What's your rule? Mm. Right, and and that's something that is in the legislations and in the RSPCA and everything that de- determines whether you're a reputable breeder. Mm. Whether you'd say bring them straight back here. Well, as they leave, yeah. mm. if you don't want this pup in, oh, that won't ever happen. They say and we go. No, we probably won't. But we just want you just to know in case. that the offer's there. That if you can't happen, you know, can't have them anymore. Sometimes, you know, people move into a flat and don't want to take them into the flat or can't have them. Yeah. You know, people go into retirement mm. villages, they can't have them in some most cases. Yeah. Um, they go into, um, you know, their marriage might split up and mm. nobody yeah. wants the dog. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things that, you know, life's life, things change. Mm. Yeah. So that's the deal. When you go... Um, with, as they're getting in the car, I always go, now one thing, you need to listen. If you ever not want this puppy or dog when it grows up, not you can bring it back, you must. And in my paperwork with the diet and everything in there, it's written on the bottom of the paperwork mm. in big bold letters. Yeah. You can't just, you, we don't not just want him back or her back. You must bring him back. Mm. You know, I had a lady who brought one back. She was going to England mm. and she thought she could take it and she couldn't. Yeah. So she just, you always said you'd take him back. Yeah, yeah, yep. bring him back, mm. you know. And if they're young enough, we will refund the money if there's issues yeah. because mm. we don't want you. I mean, we don't, we personally don't have the issues, but there's circumstance changes. Yeah. And any, that's what people need to know. No matter where they buy them from, um, they need to ask that if that's the case and get it in writing. Mm. I like that. I think it's a nice, nice spot to end on. Hmm. You can't, you not, you must bring it back. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. <laughs>